What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stack and Sats, presented by Forspace Mining. I'm your host, Plumik Ovasic. Welcome to our three-part series from Empower 2023, uh, where we were down in Houston and had the opportunity to speak with some friends in the mining industry. Today, I'll be speaking with Michael Dustaliev, co-founder of ASIC Exchange, a uh, great friend, a really big player in the mining industry. It's really interesting what we talked about today. There was almost a a cyclical uh, matter in the way that we discussed brokering and operating within the Bitcoin mining industry. Michael and his partner Vlad have gone through a lot of bear markets and a lot of bull markets. And Michael shared his information and perspective about, you know, how do you build yourself up, whether it's bull or bear? You know, these are things that we have to be mindful of in our industry that, it, you know, Bitcoin is very volatile. It can lead to highs and lows. And, you know, in this conversation, Michael and I really dig deep to find, you know, what is the consistency uh, that you can bring with yourself and your business uh, during these highs and lows. As always, this is not financial advice. If you could like, subscribe, and click our notification bell, get updates on any Forspace Mining video we post. And please enjoy my conversation here with Michael Dustaliev. Like, I've been doing judo for about eight, eight to nine years. And like, uh, I really reached a point where like, it was very like professional judo and I quit, you know, how old were you? I think I was around like 14. So like, I really started at a very early age and I started and it, it, it was like, it was all kind of a mix of scenarios that happened. And I would say like, uh, I broke many bones during like just practicing judo in general. And, uh, there was this point of life where like my body started, like my buddies at, at like from school, you know, my friends, they started like, uh, like music school. And, uh, I was really into music, you know, I really liked music. So like, it was just at this point that I was like, I started getting tired from doing like judo all the time. And it's like, I couldn't find myself in it. And then just like really I moved into like, uh, playing guitar and this and that really it's like band and and then and like yeah you started like doing this yeah. like activity with like so i guess like all this changes and, and then like i stopped doing that and obviously during the years you know later fast forward you know uh, there's just a lot of different stuff that uh, occurred and obviously moving out to here from uh and it's actually funny because even when i moved in here um i think the first period of where like you readapt to like a new location, which certainly happened like about seven years ago. So like, uh, you know, you readapt to a new location. It's the, the, even the food they eat, it's not the same. It's really completely different like world. So like I actually lost a lot of weight too that back then, but back then it was like very like quick loss weight and, and wasn't uh, everything. And then like, obviously a girlfriend, uh, and you know, you, you, you stick around and like, at some point you like kind of give up on yourself. You don't really like yeah. pay attention and turn out to there, but then like, you know, you catch up yourself later on and, uh, like getting to the point today, you know, I started doing all kind of like different type of activities and Muay Thai like was one of them. And, uh, you know, you find that like you actually start liking against something, you know, cause like once you feel like you, you have some kind of progress and it's like, you maybe feel a little bit good at it. You're good at it. Like it gives you this kind of passion. But the point is, is like once you feel or you try at least to do that, I guess, you know, that's the only way you find out if you actually like what you're doing. 
if you never try, you're never gonna know. Yeah. You know, so I guess like, you know, this whole change and starting that, I find that just maybe I'm gonna be actually good at it. I'm never gonna try, my plans are not going, I'm definitely one of the biggest plans is not going to like, like professional level. Sure. But just like at, at least like a self level based, like, you know, being good at what I just trying to do and that's it. Just keep like part of cardio, having good time, you know, like fighting and it's good for daily uh, activities. You know, you never know what kind of thing you, you're gonna like get yourself into. So I guess it was that part, but uh, that's it. It's no, much, uh, yeah. no, it's really, it's really <laughs> good you bring all this up. <laughs> I feel like, uh, so about five years ago, I went through a similar situation where like my girlfriend who I'd been dating for a while, like, oh, it's yeah, to do with the girl. we're getting a little bit real. <laughs> I, I know you said we can't get too real, but I'm telling you about, about traumatic moments. My girlfriend, you know, for a while it wasn't working out and I had let myself go and I was working this job and I got fired from the job and all this happened in like a week. Like it was like girlfriend building up problems for years, finally blew up. Okay, I have my job, I have my career, I can work on that. Nope. Startup company, let go, fired. And for me, it was I was always skinny. And I was like skinny and weak. And I came across weightlifting. And it was something to just like do every day. And it starts with like doing the workouts and you feel really good and you're looking you, at yourself. You do. Like, it actually is. You're like, this is new, this is interesting. But then you like hit this point where like you're saying, you're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's like, how good do you want to be is more on yourself. Yeah. Like you could accidentally become a professional in whatever you pick up if you just became that good at it. And now I'm looking at weightlifting. I'm, I'm almost five years in to lifting weights and like, that's changed so much in my life, my eating habits, my sleeping habits, how I view my relationships, you know, the importance of my family. It really just starts to spread. And then you feel like a kid again, where <laughs> you're like, no, I can do things. It's just yeah. a matter of, do I want to put my time into it? Um, and you're a really busy guy. So it does get them. Yeah. It's, it's hard to keep up with it too. It's really like, I believe it when once it gets like, you know, even if you have like a very, uh, I would say busy lifestyle, right? Mm. Like once you really hit that point of like realization that you're like, you know, you're giving up on the most probably important thing for us. Like, you know, you really negligate yourself. You know, you don't put enough time. It can get over you. Especially when you, you, you start up a business, you, you, you have like tons of like, uh, you know, all kind of, uh, I would say responsibilities, right? Like it's the responsibility that really gets you at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like you take it on yourself the most you can. So just to make sure you progress and that once you learn, and I, I guess it's one of those experiences throughout, like really building out a business, uh, like. You know, you, when you start from the beginning and even if you like, let's say in my situation, you know, I, I was more likely to get along with someone that who already started it. But you slowly realize that even the person who started, like he haven't seen as much as you did 
you guys are in the same boat. Like, you know, you're selling towards a certain place and like, you never know what's coming ahead. And like, once you start really hitting it all together, like you realize how much responsibility, how much, you know, it's uh, like, it takes so much energy and your time to like really dedicate into that specific thing. And like this, uh, I guess it's, it's the fear of failure of not accomplishing what you already start because now you have a no way point back. Like you, you started something, right? It goes, it moves downward, <laughs> you know? So like, you can't really stop the train at that point. It will take time to stop the train. And once you stop it, it's stopped. So like, you're not starting, you're not gonna stop it. You're just gonna keep it, let it roll. So like, I guess like th that, that like craziness that goes around it and like, especially with like market picks up, right? Like things started like heating up and like boiling very quickly, right? Without even realizing. And so, obviously, you, you know, you spend so much time into it and you might even forget sometimes about yourself, especially, you know, like you mentioned, like a partner, right? Like your, your girlfriend or like suppose or whatever it is. And like, you know, it gets a lot of things evolved around that. We, are, we both know probably most likely what's those stuff that is really getting involved, but it's like probably most likely the, the attention, uh, the amount of time you spend into like, a specific relationship or whatever you do and where you actually spending most of your time and you know obviously later on we realize how appreciate this time as well but that's a conversation for later but in general you know you really give up on yourself because you give yourself out for something else like an entity or yeah. if it's a business if it's a comp whatever it is whatever you're trying to build you don't even know what you're building you're just running what you can you know like you're just throwing as much as you can and you're trying to make out the best out of everything you do so I guess really that point where like, uh, you know, was giving out most of my time to that and it, it, it turned from one day to one month, from one month to two years to three years, you know, and like, it's a long time to like give up on yourself. Yeah. Right. So like, uh, you know, a lot of things happen around that time and especially like passing bull runs and like before bull runs and bear markets. And like all this craziness of like people catching up, what's going on? What is it about? Why everybody's running through this like Bitcoin mining? What is Bitcoin mining? Are you guys running GPUs? And like you realize when like elderly people coming at a grocery store and like talking about it, you know, you're, 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 it's a part of realization. Like you realize like if it got to them, like at that point, like this is where like shit is getting like more serious. Because like these people like hear about it and like, if we got to them, which is very hard to get to them, you like, you know, it's, it's, it's not something like a, a regular mainstream thing that just, I like, guess to them, they hear about a meme and they're like, they know that meme. Like, it's a rare that you're going to see a grandpa knowing about a meme, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's really rare. Like you want, you want to hear it, even though that meme is like, no, everyone knows like Hasbulla or something like that. I love Hasbulla. We all know. And oh, yeah, Hasbulla. But like, you don't see an older guy like knows about Hasbulla. It's going to be like, who is this? Your kid? You know, like he, you <laughs> won't even realize it. Right. But like, you, you hear this, like very old people talking in the grocery store, like the, we call it the pano, like a, like a, I would say a, a convenience store, you know, sure. but like you hear these people talk about it. Then you're like, what the fuck? How did it get to them? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and then you realize that that was like the bull run times. Right. So like, I believe all this like craziness going around that and like is drafting you out towards this whole industry and like, you know, obviously crazy sh stuff is like happening all around. 
and like uh it's so important at some point like i find it crazy because now is the time when i actually start catching up and realizing how important it is to know you like keep your insanity also in place yeah like how much your health like uh is important for you to also keep around that like specific industry too because it's a very hot industry yeah. and it's been a few years so far that it's been very hot topic it's probably been one of like at least top three topics worldwide for the like maybe the longest lasting like topics so far i don't know maybe i don't know you can fix me if i'm wrong right but i haven't heard about any other topic that was more than like anything that has to do with bitcoin bitcoin yeah yeah like in general 100 that like been like mainstream for the past like years now yeah and like you know people like that this is not in the industry obviously are not that fully invested in it or think about it they're busy with their like you know regular studies university maybe like their work they, they don't give probably two fucks about it <laughs> but like they heard about it, they know about it but they never like know how much is like how much time we're spending like what is this, this ecosystem behind it like what is it that actually runs behind all this like craziness that actually going on and it's like it's so fascinating because when we look back at it for us it's also normal you know yeah. every time you're trying to talk to a person the reaction you always get is like wow i'm teaching a child right now the abc yeah yeah and like you're already at z you know you already know what's going on and for you it's so normal to see the abc you repeat it every day on a daily basis and we're just in this normal craziness we're so used to this normal craziness that we forgot ourselves. so like like a little bit of context like michael you you work for asic exchange you know you guys work we run asic exchange. you guys sorry we are ASIC. you guys are asic exchange so like yeah you guys right. are you guys are brokers you're many other things but your day-to-day -day is selling you know asic mining machines bitcoin mining machines and you know the perspective you're coming from is this has been going on for a really long time like I'm super interested in hearing more about this. Like how much of your time do you spend trying to talk to people and convince people about Bitcoin? Hmm. So maybe 1% of the time that I spend <laughs> to convince people about Bitcoin, as I just mentioned, it's probably around the 1%. I never, honestly, like, I don't think in my at least lifespan in crypto, hmm did I ever try to convince somebody to go into Bitcoin was a thing for me because I find that like, you know, either you know what you're doing and like, obviously it can be a, a financial advice neither because at the end of the day, you know, like anything else, obviously it's, you know, it's volatile. You know, it's volatile. I know a lot that it's volatile and like having it so not stable is not something I can really like uh, peach or give somebody, but I would obviously pitch for it, which means I will support it. Mm -hmm. I will back it up and I'll stand for it because obviously I'm in this industry. Uh, at the end of the day, we're making money, we're working, we're running a corporation. You know, it's no longer like a small business. It's no longer like this little thing, the little gig that you're trying to run around. Like, I think at that point we're, we're, we're quite a lot more serious than we've been, you know, back in a few years. And like, it's not a point where obviously we're speaking of today, right? It's harder to like pitch because most of the people know, but back in the time, you know, 
like you will have to those people who doubt like and obviously always have something bad to say about it and not believing or whatever it is but like you know at some point you realize you cannot like explain everybody how it is working and what it does if they are not putting their intention into learning or maybe at least understanding what is it about but like in general selling just hardware it's it's been a lot more than just selling hardware it's been uh a growing community it's been a building like this relationship around people who you know are in the same industry and believing the same thing you believe it's like having a, a new religion the yeah Bitcoin religion oh my god 100 you know? i am i have a history background so for me i just started so like i'm not too in i'm not too old into bitcoin like i'll be pretty honest for me it was like 2020 is when i started diving into crypto and bitcoin and like recently i've been getting more into the history so i'm for me it's like i want to know about bitcoin like i'm in the industry i work with a lot of really smart people who know their stuff and you guys have experienced like this history that i haven't so i go back and i try to learn and read about the history and one of the things that you find along the way is most people just aren't even like aware of like what's going on and how things are working so like imagine explaining to someone who's like even into bitcoin about where the future is going and then imagine explaining to someone who doesn't even know about Bitcoin, like, where do you even begin? Like, mm -hmm. no, definitely you're hitting on some really good stuff there. And I don't know. I mean, you've been, you've been doing this for, for a long time. Well, I guess it's like, it really started where we, we kind of, I, at least the way I fell into it was through my actual partner. Uh, Vlad, which is, uh, you know, he, he kind of by mistake fell on, he had a funny story, you know, it's another story, it's for him, it's his story, uh, not personally mine, but uh, I believe that the way he fell into it and like the randomness that occurred during like his, uh, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> around, <laughs> around his employment, and I would say um, the way he got into the industry and the coincidence you know everything together with it sure uh, the way he got into it he started um this specific job <laughs> he started this specific job <laughs> i mean for those of you who don't know uh our cameraman just spilled like <laughs> half of a drink oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but vlad your yeah. partner he had a specific so, idea and so it wasn't his idea, obviously. It was like a specific company that started um, in Quebec, in Canada. Mm. Um, I believe they were probably between the first, I would say, you know, at least the top. No, okay, sorry, let me rephrase that. Not the top 10, but I'm saying between the first five to 10 companies mm. uh, that really, you know, said, hey, we give it a try. We have a good investor. Um, this investor specifically back then, whatever, it doesn't matter his name right now. This is for selling, selling ASICs or, or brokering no, Bitcoin. No, not even. No. Okay. So it was a, an actual facility. It was one of the first, um, I would say grand size, like facilities in Quebec. Okay. 
because back in the time it just really started and like the way it started is that uh first of all there's no much regulation around it so like wherever you ask for power like hydro quebec or you know at least for us right mm -hmm. it's hydro quebec it's all renewable energy all coming from hydro and um getting the first power back in the time and i would say i would call it if i recall it correctly it's in the late 2017s mm -hmm. so like uh, late 2017 uh this company uh if i'm not mistaken the first name they had was uh Vogogo. and god knows why and where <laughs> but uh Vogogo was uh basically the company that uh one of their you know operators he was looking to hire up some uh employees around mm. to to have uh, to deploy machines to install the asic miners uh back in the day was the s9 that was like the, oh, the new glorious s9 that was like the new hottest shit <laughs> obviously there were uh, uh, there's back more generations for that right there's a lot more but i find that like the most popular generation that where it yeah. started really like rocking the like the ship mm -hmm. was the s9 okay. that was like the the real start probably like rock solid start beginning and uh they basically were looking for this employee and by it by this coincidence that vlad speaks russian and he speaks hebrew and it was kind of saying in a resume and the guy who was hiring was speaking russian and they somehow like you know they they got in touch and he came and started right off the bed started working deploying and uh, Vlad would slowly like get around more guys from the neighborhood, like friends, you know, to like start working in that like crazy place that they were <laughs> mining Bitcoin, you know, like it was like the weirdest shit you've ever hit in here. It's like you can never explain what your job is to your family. Like it no. just doesn't make sense. No. They're like, we're selling mean? drugs for them. You uh, know? They go to this place, <laughs> we get really dirty, like we're yeah. playing in machines. <laughs> so it was like really random. But he started, and apparently Vlad, like as he mentioned to me as well, he's like he I, he he kind of knew already about this stuff. Mm -hmm. He heard about Bitcoin. He he been uh, around, you know, just general knowledge, like hearing, knowing, uh, not the first time, basically. Sure. Um, getting obviously getting interactive with like the actual machines, and later on is basically where he somehow recommended, and the 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 actual pilot projects for that company overall launched up because it seems like they either like they they start making actual money they they saw a return mm -hmm. and they they decided to actually go with their pilot project so the first project was uh if i remember correctly was up to six megawatts mm. which is huge for that time yeah like six megawatts we're talking about at least at least six thousand machines s9 yeah s9s I mean, 6,000 ASICs in general. Yeah. It's a lot to see. Six megawatts is a lot of power. Yeah. It's a lot of power. It's enough to, like, probably power up, like, a whole town. So you said, uh, you know, in Canada, you're generally buying, like, you said it was a Hydro-Quebec? Yeah, Hydro-Quebec. So what's, like, uh, what's the experience of dealing with a power company like that? Because generally it's like a power company tells you, oh, we'll get you this, you know, you want this much. But then they start asking questions and they want to know about what's going on. And I well, feel like it's a different relation. Obviously, you know, like if we speak about the past right now, right? If we're focusing right now on the past, back in the time, obviously it was new for everybody, even for them. No matter how much money they had or how much knowledge or people they had running for them, 
they wouldn't have still like enough knowledge because history, you know, it didn't happen yet. <laughs> like most of the like biggest stuff in the mainstream. This is all still very new. Yeah, it was pretty still new. But we would say new in the larger scale, not just like local or like close community kind of thing. Like institutional. Yeah. Big and by big. the way, I wanted to mention as well, mm -hmm. like we're talking 6,000 miners, but like back in the time, some of these miners were selling for like five to six grand. That's insane S9. to think of an S9 being worth that much. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and I think like some of them were even going for like retail for like 12 grand a piece. Jesus. So like, you know, it's like, that's the latest gen you have right now. Mm. 13 terahash. Like that's a lot. <laughs> you know? Mm. It's just like speaking of today, obviously for some people like watching this right now, you know, like they might not have the understanding of like how much was it like 13 terahash back in the time but like just the fact that you know it, it, it used to cost a lot and to get to terahash even yeah like but deal. but it was making a lot more right it was actually like profitable we're talking about difficulty which is like obviously it's a whole different topic like it's completely a different yeah. story and and a discussion but like difficulty will make it short. It's just like, how hard is it? And what, like how many miners are working and uh, how much they can like collectively work and produce and get the reward for, right? So like the difficulty, the higher it is, the less everybody makes. And the less the difficulty is, the more everybody makes. Right. And obviously there is the halving, which happens every four years. So the, the block reward cuts by half. So we're talking like, one one uh um how we got i just said the name one um s9 no not s9 one cutoff before oh having yeah sorry so we're talking about around one having halving back right so, so like four and a half years back there you go so um no whatever <laughs> no longer nah, you're already getting lost at some point but like i believe the the halving before that obviously you would have a lot more higher block uh reward mm. so you would get a lot more bitcoins to be spread around around the whole pool of all the machines are running and obviously your terahash amount was like a lot lower and uh uh you know difficulty would be hard to raise because there's still no new gens or machines that like produce so much terahash that are taking the majority of the pool and uh, this S9 were, were, was a crazy market. It was like a hot market. People like really wanted those. Mm. And uh, it was this time where Vlad actually started to, um, you know, uh, from like from what I remember, uh, he started uh, basically connecting with different type of individuals. Um, and with this different type of individuals, they would find more people that were looking to buy those type of units and uh inquiring and since he's in this facility and they like start liquidating or working around something else you know he started this business and during that time parallelly um i got in the picture and i got in the picture working for the same company uh basically through vlad's recommendation on me of like being you know like dedicated person you know like responsible hard worker willing to do willing to go willing to for the uh, you know just like put my time into you were in it you were there. and they 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 started this like pilot project mm -hmm. which was basically a 36 megawatt facility 
Okay. So like I was called to like, you know, uh, come here, let's start doing it. We're kind of know what we're doing, but we don't know what we're doing. We're not looking for your help to like figure out what we're doing, but we need somebody's help to accomplish anything. So like, um, I basically jumped on the opportunity, obviously, and, um, Start working for this new project, uh, which was occurring in La Chute. Uh, it's Quebec as well. It's about one hour. So I would I was driving for about nine months on a daily basis, one hour to each direction uh, on a daily basis to, you know, come with the crew, um, deploy machines, um, install cabling, racking up machines, whatever it took. And then after a few months, I believe it was like this point where my basic, like basically the project manager that was like in, in, in charge of all this project going on is that where he called and like, you know, it's like, Mike, yeah, like, I'm not going to be here all the time. It's like, I need someone to be my eyes and like, you know, my, my hands and eyes over here. And like, uh, you know, I find you like a guy that, that can, you can deal with it. And how about, what do you think about it? Like, well, how about, you know, you take care of the stuff. And obviously I didn't say, you know, like, no, well, why would I say no? It must be stupid to say no. <laughs> but, uh, I basically took over myself like this kind of responsibility, which was for me as well. Like it was, it's a big deal still. Like you don't know even what you're doing, but like, you're kind of trying to go and figure out things throughout the way. And, uh, I basically kind of became, you know, the supervisor and, uh, I was responsible to bring more people to come work. So start hiring more and more guys like that. I know that could come and it was just basically just from the beginning, starting like deploying the units, you know, it's unboxing it, it's plugging it in and like racking it up, preparing the cables, stacking everything up, you know, making sure everything is working, plugging it in, powering up power. And we're talking about 36 megawatts. That's about in S9 times, 26,000. Yeah. So like each machine is like five and a half kilograms with the power supply multiplied by 26,000. <laughs> like that's a lot of kilograms you have to like unpack It's We're talking about food load trucks mm -hmm. like coming in every single day and like unloaded and like just unpacked and like going and going and going. And this thing just doesn't stop. And then just keep coming like the worst nightmare you could have. And like, basically it, it took around eight months with so many like crazy stuff that going on. If it's HVAC, you know, like all the ventilation that you have to follow and make sure that they're, you know, you're, you're just, you're not really a project manager. You have a project manager above you, but as a supervisor, you just, your task is to just like to really go and supervise on the things he tells you like, Hey, just make sure that there is uh, things going on with it, with, with all the ventilation in the building. And you get along with the guys with the ventilation, you actually start catching up. It's like, Oh there is supposed to be like another 20 panels needs to be installed. Like make sure that like, where are we at? Like, give me the report. What's going on? Give me the status. It's like running this. And then you have like basically the machine deployment. So like you kind of experience this world, I guess from the task to task, I was deploying machines myself too. Right. So that I, I just came in and started telling people what to do. Oh, I was deploying machines. I was doing all this, the thing from A to Z. And if it's organizing the cables, the way it should, like we found at least back in the time good, you know, looking at back, that's it like, might be embarrassing. No, that's like a whole, a whole part of running data centers is 
yo bro check out these cables like i got them zip tied they're looking nice like it's out the way yeah i have this perfection for cable management you dude know? that's huge that's yeah, awesome but it wasn't looking as great because mm. like they were super long they were like 20 feet mm. you know they were like super long and like the first minor in the middle is like anyways it was it was a complete mess. It was a disaster. But it looks still good. You know, we try to make it the best we could. Mm. Um, but like from going from there, you know, finishing the project, I moved from that facility after to the first, like uh, the first pr project that we were doing, which was in Brunswick and start working there. And Vlad then started taking off with like uh, the cells. And later on, it's just like in a certain way, we had a few things that happened on the way, but like we, we kind of got along and we started like... Uh, he started staying, he, he just, it's difficult to say. I don't want to get into that too much, honestly, because it's really like deep, deep stuff that happened around, but fast forward, probably half a year later. You guys, where you guys built something. He, he started something and uh, well, once I joined, we, we really started like uh, uh, a more, more, I would say, you know, new progress is just, it's a new page, new progress. Mm uh taking his knowledge and experience he had so far so you're saying you and vlad didn't get along no no <laughs> no honestly it's not that the i didn't get along with other stuff he sorry he didn't get along with who he worked sure that much back in the time was it him not getting along with him or is it the other guy not getting along with him or is it both not getting along with him you know it's 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 between them you have to make the judgment call and yeah but, you know, let's say they separate their ways. And there was uh, basically this, like, specific separation. And at the right time, somehow I came in. And, and from there, you know, it's, it's pretty much, that's when we start rolling. We then later on, COVID hit. And there's a lot of things that happened through. And this whole industry just try, started, like, developing, right? So, like, uh, getting this whole industry started developing, um this craziness of like people start realizing like what's the kind of outcomes they can make throughout machines and new machines are getting produced and new models are coming out. Yeah. Um, the, the, the way you need to like, you know, to go out to really actually get a hand or get a hold of this kind of equipment without knowing nobody. It's like, it was particularly impossible. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot get, like, you cannot just buy like those machines. You had to go, through facilities, someone who owns them. So I has like quite large and like quantity of them. And then you need to find someone else that's looking for the, that like big size. But it doesn't end there. You need to like prepare logistics for it. You need to know how to deal with it. So like logistics could be simple if it would be like already well-organized day-to-day product. Yeah. But once you, we're talking about ASICs, we're talking about like each machine has like a certain like you know, like very precious value. Exactly. And like the responsibility you're taking over just like moving a specific load and like the amount of trust that somebody needs to give you and the amount of trust you need to earn to that somebody will like buy it off from you. Mm -hmm. So you can go and talk to these people that you have so much trust built between and they sell you these machines. You know, it's like this kind of relationship that builds around this business. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, the whole crash is happening. And like everybody started losing money, like the plague, you know, the crypto plague. Like, you talking about recently the crash? No, not even. Or you're talking, well, about, you're talking about like during COVID. 2018. Oh, 2018. Okay, the 2018 crash. Yeah, yeah. 
so like that was the time where I think everybody is like high bubble, I would say. Not the actual thing, but like I'm just talking about like the excitement hype bubble really burst a lot of people. And um, especially those big guys who invested so much money, they kind of got a big hit, man. It's a big hit to buy machines for like a thousand, twelve hundred dollars to maybe fifteen hundred bucks on like thousands and thousands of them and ending up selling those machines for fifty dollars. Yeah, and you know that that number of what you bought the machine at versus what you sell it at. I feel like with with like each upgrade to ASICs and each happening and each you know generation changing, of course, it gets worse. Of course, like I started in the bull market this last month, <laughs> so like I have sweet times, sweet times. But I also have relationship relationships with clients who bought S nineteens at ten thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. You know, like you. It it never changes. These are these are part the parts that you really bear down. You know, no pun intended. You really bear down and you learn from it. Um, you can't prepare yourself for when the bad time comes, because you're no one sits there preparing for what is the worst. You know, we're all very happy when things are well. You know, we're happy when we work really hard and we're working towards something. But how do you keep that same energy going when things get bad? I feel like it's something, you know, it comes back to the beginning of the conversation where when you have that time in the bear markets to learn about yourself, to work on improving yourself, this is like another moment where we're, we're in that same position. That's as, exactly. And it's, it's funny humbling. that we, that's funny because we started this conversation right. with it. Yeah. Because like, I believe like getting that conversation, like roll to that is that you know, once you're in this industry from like uh, both ways, which is upside, downside, you already pass that one loop. You do realize sooner or later that if you prepare for the upside, you're going to run good. But the same ways as you prepare for the upside, you need to be prepared for the downside. And there is a way to be prepared for those downsides. There is ways. This is something you and Vlad have both talk to me about before exactly preparing for the downside it's 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 being ready and acknowledge the fact that you know whatever goes up goes down but like it doesn't mean you have to get like down hype for like bankrupt yourself or like you know throw everything you do it's like what do you do and how do you prepare for like this kind of like volatility of market and and you soon later realize that like you know it's the same way as it goes up Either you buy a lot and you prepare, or like once it goes up, you sell a lot and you prepare for the down. It's like you need to keep that circle rotating towards like knowing. So it's hard to really predict when and how, but it it is very well understood that this stuff slowly, they slower down and it becomes way more and more predictable. So like, and obviously, on top of that, the more you're around the market, the more you understand what's the demand around things. It's like, you know, demand is high, you're working around through, you do all this stuff. And you know, we also recommend, obviously, clients and stuff like that. Like, hey, listen, this if you were looking to sell uh, two months ago and the price were very low 
and you didn't sell, like, excellent, you did the right choice, now sell. Why? Because if you were already intending to sell, sell it now when the price is higher, mm -hmm. when the demand is high, take it away, keep the money, and wait for that downside. Because once the downside comes, you will upgrade to something better as an equipment, you bring it in, and you will, you will pay back to that ecosystem once things go up back, you will give that machines and let yourself upgrade and people will get the opportunity to get those used for cheaper rather than buying them again new. And like you just you just uh, donate to that to that like ecosystem back and forth because you constantly uh, managing properly the way you you're like updating your equipment, uh, providing the market liquids, you know, with with, with equipment. And, and, and everybody's just, just all down the line, just enjoying like this whole, like beautiful ecosystem of like, you know, upwards and downwards. Yeah. Like they, we all enjoy it through the whole process. And it took some time for all of us to realize how fucked up it's in part, It's part of the job how, and that's what's most fucked up. Yeah. Is it's part of the job. It's part dealing of the job with this. knowing, knowing that, yeah. you know, things are going down, things are going up. People ready to pay that amount, they're waiting. People ready to buy right now and go ahead, they take it. And it's obviously the ROI, the risk management you build around. And it also very concerns about what's your rate of electricity. So each client, each, each, I won't even call them clients at that point. It's like each personal or facility or a company that is looking to like get into it or upgrade or keep running their game like at the right way mm -hmm. would be based on their criterions of like how they run the operation currently. So if your electricity price is high, you will always be the type of company that buys the cheapest equipment you can buy. Sure. Because your rate of electricity is very like high, mm -hmm. then you cannot like either spend or you will spend the top buck to get the most efficient equipment you can have. But again, the more your electricity rate is higher, the more you pay for that energy that you need to produce all this like bitcoins or whatever they mine. It really affects your ROI, which is your return on investment. And it's uh, some people, their electricity rate is a lot cheaper. And so when their electricity rate is a lot cheaper, you know, they have a lot more room to play around the price of their machine because they still will pay it a lot more faster off than a company that does it in a different way, a different country, uh, and their ROI is a lot more longer or short. In mm. so that's why you have this like specific companies that always there for every scenario of that market of going upwards or going downwards. So like once you prepared to have a specific seller to sell and push, put on him some sell pressure to, to like really direct him to do the right, correct thing based on your opportunity to give him a proper, you know, a close off. So like, Hey, you see, it goes down. We're at a good pick, sell it now. Let that guy that makes good ROI buy it off from you. And then the guy that has a bad ROI will buy the next lot that the other guy is basically liquidating because he lost or whatever it is, or he didn't want, or he being too greedy and he didn't sell, or he's just like, Hey, whatever I have. Anyways, I finished paying them off. I already made my money on them. Take them, you know? So like each one. And, and, and that's what's cool about this worldwide industry, because we're talking worldwide. We're not just talking North America, right? We're not talking just Canada, U S we're talking worldwide, Europe, 
Latin America, North America. Now in the Middle East too. Middle East. Yeah. Well, you know, slowly graduating. Slowly, but exactly. Slowly, yeah. So like getting all around that, like each individual and it, it just creates you this like specific, like, like I mentioned before, you know, like ecosystem that like, yeah. you know, you can really uh, be based on. And that obviously didn't happen right away. We had back in the times we had like very dry seasons because we were lacking of that. Like, uh, I would say, um, diversification of like different locations and like the amount of people who are actually willing to spend their money into it or like build a facility in a very, uh, good, clear energy, cheap energy, uh, lack of trust, lack of a lot of things that really affected this kind of like decisions for a lot of people and for a lot of companies. So I guess everything around that is just, that's when we come back to the same conversation of like, you know, going up or down, there's always a good momentum. And once you realize how it works around that, it's, you know, that's where you, you, you're not getting scared anymore that it goes down. Sometimes we are happy it goes down Yeah. because it just shows how healthy the market is. Because if your market price doesn't never go down, like it doesn't show any healthy sign because a proper market should be always having is upsides and downsides because without that not everybody sharing this like good profit yeah he, sometimes you lose sometimes you win you know if you won now you might lose later if you lost now you might win later so it depends how long you actually spread it out and how long you actually like putting your time into it and how much you're willing and again it comes out to, again to all these little details power electricity cost of your machines um, what's the location you're mining on? What kind of machines you bought? You know, what kind of thing, what kind of operation you're running? How long you've been running it? So like it all, like it's a formula to like actually create like your most successful. And this is the la last like few years run of who's going to make the most successful, like running operation that actually earned and gained money and paid off everything and just like booming out. And there's quite a lot of companies that accomplish it. You know, and we know them very well, and, <laughs> and we we've been along with them. You know, throughout the process, we're not the main reason for them to accomplish because it's really them who were like quite genius to do what they did, and they had really good moves, and they just were in the right time, right place, and they took things the right way. And thank God, till today, they're still running. You know, like they're probably top biggest companies right now, um, but. We were along the whole way to like really, um, first of all, learn the business, try to support and help the best we could, um, took a lot of responsibilities, made sure we made a lot of, you know, like best connection, best build of trust we could, uh, with any personal client or company that we've been working with and working till today. And, uh, we've seen a lot of companies come up. We've seen a lot of companies go down. Um, and you know, till today we're still running better than ever, you know, keep growing, keep pushing, getting bigger, but you know, in our phase, in our way. And, uh, you know, it's, I believe it's, it's a very interesting industry just in general. Oh, Michael, the way you talk about it is great it's refreshing because for a lot of people their day-to-day -day is like the stress of their job 
and that's in Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining too. And a lot of people, a lot of people lose hope, you know, in their day to day. So it's, it's really, it's really good. And I think it's really important to hear you kind of take, it's taking the same, you're, you're experiencing the same issues, you're experiencing the same problems, but when you can kind of step back, deal with the emotion and say, you know, this is a case by case situation. These people we worked with had this plan. These people didn't, you know, how do we, how do we fulfill everyone's ideas and plans and how do we work, you know, through the hard times and the good times? Um, I'm hoping that people can, can take something from that. I, I'm certainly taking something from that and, and just like being a part of the industry as well. Like you can't kick yourself. You can't keep your head down so long because we work in an industry where every couple of hours there's a new price tag and what it is you want. Yeah. So you can't kick yourself down and you can't keep your head down for even a day in this industry. Exactly. Um, part of it is knowing, like you're saying, that the good and the bad is a part of the experience. It's a part of your job. We wear many hats. Here's another problem we have to solve. Yeah. And you know what's crazy about that as well? Mm. Um, so one of the stuff that like I really, really, really like uh, got into lately with quite a few clients. Um, and is this question that they give me, they're like, you know, someone that let's say he's a new newcomer. And some of them, you know, they're asking me like, you know, Mike, you know, I read about you guys. I have, I have like most of the, those are new. I have this guy, this guy, this guy, like, what, well, what is it? Like you guys even like offering me like higher prices than someone else or your, your law doesn't seem like to be like the most attractive and everything. And they're like, what is it that like, why, why do I should go with you guys? I'm just putting it that way. It's a very longer talk with the personal. Sure. But is this one thing that I'll always tell them and I don't know for anybody else mention it but it's something I think that personally learned throughout this whole like madness around this industry which including scams you know throws out uh people can back up their shit like they they you know it, it's still brokerage like big portion of it is brokerage because we do buy a lot of this equipment ourselves. you know we have a great opportunity we're getting approached. We know the price market. We have our facilities. We have our like warehouses, you know, all across Canada. And we're, uh, collecting a lot of equipment. We have a lot of, we have over a few thousands of machines right now, just laying there, standing there for the, just the right moment, you know, cause they're there because if we bought them liquidation, you know, like we bought them off. I don't care how many of them work, how many of them don't. I have a very close relationship with a few facilities that no matter what it is, they don't play games. They're like, guys, we need to take it out, take it out now, or we throw it and we buy it and we bring it to ourselves. And so like later on, we just, you know, we do retail and everything. But one of those stuff that I, I always make sure that I tell these people specifically, and it's whoever you work with in this industry, and it's a very cruel industry because at the end of the day, if you don't know what you're doing, you're getting yourself in a shit show. Yeah. It's a big shit show. You got to know what the fuck you're doing, because if you don't know what you're doing, just don't get into it. Or at least just read about it and understand or contact us and let's talk about it. Let's concentrate about it. That's what we're here for. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I don't mind if I make on your money 
or we make money together or I lose money on you. If you have a question, I won't hold myself against telling you or giving you the best advice I could give you because I know and I've seen how people fuck around. And I told these clients, you could have worked with two more different brokers or clients or companies, whatever you worked with. Now you came to me for whatever reason you came to me, even if it's from reference, because usually we're, we are more based on organic reference like uh traffic which sure, means like like word of mouth yeah like, which means most of our business is organic we don't really being big in advertising or big in like you know going around and showing off or asking for like someone's work or business it's really based on organic our our suppliers are organic our deliveries are organic our whole structure our whole network is organic it's very solid it's very strong and very trustable so when this new clients or whatever is coming i always make sure i mention them something that i find super important and i tell them you never judge the company you work with especially in crypto about the good times you got had this is not where you judge your company you will judge one day that company based on the shit show you have to go through and the bad stuff you have to go through. Yeah. Because you outstand as a company, as a corporation, as nobody, as an individual even, on how you dealt with the worst scenario you could be dealing with. That's where you judge the person. That's how did we get out of this scenario? And I made sure you still stay happy no matter what it is. What's my guarantee to you that you walk in into a multi-billion industry and from tomorrow you can either invest 100,000 or you can invest through me a billions of dollars? What's your trust in me if things go wrong? Where is it that you see me like fixing or us like as an entity? Yeah, I mean, in most business people would expect that you would solve the problem. Yeah, but you never fall into that problem that often. But what happens when you do fall? And you know crypto. It's not a good look when people fall. Like people generally don't do the right thing in my opinion. So that's correct. But you know what? Let's say she happens, you know? A client bought from us 300 S9s came in the create box. The client opens by mistake, opens the create box of $100,000 worth of machines to find out there is full of trash and bricks inside the crate. You're my client. Who are you going to come to? I bought this lot off somebody, right? I'm coming to you. If okay, you're coming to me. I'm your customer. What if, what if I tell you, like, bro, I don't know, you, you, you swapped it to bricks. Fuck you. It's your shit now. Well, the sad part is, is being in the industry, there's not, but it happened. There's not too much you can do, but it happened. It happens. It happened. No, it happened. Oh, it happened. It happened. Like you went I'm through. giving you a real life scenario. Oh, it happened. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I'm giving a life, like, you know what? The same client for over the past year and a half before that happened, bought hundreds of units from us. Every time machines were coming on time, beautiful, clean, nice, as tended, you got it. 
that one day you got a full four crates. It wasn't even three. It was three or four full closed and sealed crates that were going to Miami. And from Miami, they were supposed to go on a boat and go to Latin America. Usually, Latin America shipment, most of the guys, they're not even there to see that lot because it goes to a bonded warehouse. Yeah. And from the bonded warehouse, it goes directly to, uh, let's say, whatever North uh, Latin America's country. Exactly. So the thing is, once he eats and lands Latin America, that's a dead end. Like, he, there's no way back from there. Like, somebody actually paid for, like, very expensive shipping to ship, like, very heavy pallets towards there. That's a lot of lost money, loss of time, because, obviously, you know, every second this machine not working, you're not making any money. This machine is working on uh, on a 24-7 uh, base, you know? Oh. And every day they don't work, you lose money. So if you add it up and it adds up because it's 30 days to deliver, maybe less, depending on which method. But it was that moment that like sudden, like, like uh, I would say coincidentally, the client was in Miami to, to, you know, it was like, fuck it. I was just go bus by, I'll check like this new lot I just bought. You know, I spent a hundred grand on it. Might as well see it. <laughs> and he opens it up and it's all bricks. Now, you see how most of the people around this industry would react to this kind of part. First of all, tell you, you know what? We need to investigate and see what's going on. They'll take a few days. They got screwed over. Do, whoever sold you that, they got screwed over. Mm -hmm. Somebody stole. Somebody stole it. Somebody replaced it with literal garbage and he stole it. What happens when people steal your, like, this stuff? You think you have insurance? Like, those pallets were transported closed inside a truck. The truck has no, like, insurance on it. Even if you insure the truckload, the only thing the truck company is going to tell you, listen, we took the load, we brought the load. It's there. Yeah, never to me. You're not doing anything about it. That means it was a full job that happened within the first location pickup. So what would happen with any, like, other company is, you know, stress time, not understand what what's happening, who's responsible, nobody answers you. The first thing we did was, you know what, relax, don't worry. Next day, we give him the money back. So that means we took our money out of the pocket. Yeah. And just gave it to him. Because first of all, yeah, whose fault is it? It doesn't matter. It's our fault. It's your fault because you're the ones who sold the machines. We are here to support you without that give you that backbone mm -hmm. to give you the trust to gain. I don't want to lose people because of this kind of stuff. Neither do I want to lose my reputation for this over stuff. And that's why it's so important for me, for us in general. And we took the money, we gave it to him. And we said, you know what? Here's the money. Forget about this. Just pack these pallets. Take out all those bricks, whatever. Because there were some like still leftovers of like a few power supplies and stuff like that. Like, listen, just pack it up. Close the box. We'll just take away the boxes from you. And like, here's the money. And then it's our job to retrieve our money back. It shouldn't be your job. Right. But that's what we hear. And that's what a lot of people that I've noticed around us mm -hmm. don't do. 
And so if somebody asking, what is the difference? One of those differences is owning up to your shit, which is super important because that's one of those stuff that like keeps our industry going forward is this building trust, you know, um, doing our part as it should be intended. Because if you're a mining facility, you mine. If you are a manufacturer, you produce. If you're a broker, you supply. Each one has his own part in this ecosystem and it won't run without that part. While it lasts, that's what everybody here is doing and that's what we all do. That's why we're in Empower. That's why Mining Disrupt. That's why Bitcoin 2023 is coming up. That's why all those conferences, Miner Summit. Miner Summit. Miner Summit. Miner Summit. Miner Summit. Yes. And and like that's why all those like little even conferences and even now that we're meeting here in like Empower, which is very dedicated to like energy, right? And like all this thing and always in Texas, the beautiful Texas in uh Houston. I love Houston. It's a great town. It's amazing. Really happy to be here. And uh, you know, like when it comes to like the actual energy, it's another part of it. You know, so like all this like industry of like crypto mining, it comes all before even Bitcoin and before Bitcoin to crypto and mm. you know, all this forward and what could it actually like, you know, give into this whole and even ecosystem. And now we're talking about like global yeah. ecosystem, right? You know what? Even more crazier. So like all this flare gases. Yeah. That we've been burning Texas. For like, yeah. For like years, literally just burning gas that just nonstop coming off the ground. Instead of burning it, we took that gas, put it in another generator because we actually found where to use that electricity yeah. for. And not just that, but like putting carbon filters to capture the carbon, you know, and produce even more cleaner air coming. So we literally removed the flare. So which is just literally burning gas with like uh, carbon dioxide going to like the atmosphere, non-fucking stuff with huge flames to and actually producing energy out of it and producing more money, bringing back the money to reinvest back into this like ecology to keep like things cleaner. And it's just like fucking morons coming up and saying like, it's like, uh, you know, it's bad for the environment. Yeah. It's overused. Yeah. Like that is the biggest lie that is like hoax that is existing right now around it. I was talking to Vlad. It's literally a cheat code. The fact that you need to produce electricity to have like a city or a village or a community to be safe, to have heating, to be able to cook their food. To be able to like live how we get to live in America and other places that have good good opportunity, it's literally a cheat code that you can drop a mining facility there. Yeah. You can have this operating. It's going to stabilize the grid. Now you have all this excess heat, whether it's through air or through water. We can actually renew this, use it for a closed loop system where now we're using a hydroponics with it. We're farming with it. Great. We're feeding our animals with it. Yeah, so it, 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 that's what he mentioned, it, right? It, Vlad was talking about it, but so the heating water, like it's a cheat code. So because, well, I, I don't know, for some people maybe who are watching this specifically, mm. like the amount of heat that obviously, uh, that we calculate heat basically on how much the, because the amount of heat the machine produces is basically, uh, Let's 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 compare it to like a local house heater, 
if let's say here is like 2000 watts, it produces 2000 watts of heat. So the machines are very equal to that. That's like almost one to one. So right. if a machine consumes 3100 watts, it produces 3100 watts of heat. Sure. So that turns into whatever calculation of BTU and whatever heat. We can physically track that. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they not just reducing the cost of electricity for the residents, but they actually figure out a way of heating up water. Now, what Vlad mentioned was when a cow drinks not cold water, but like warm water, which is biologically like proven, like the cow actually produces more milk. So like from Bitcoin mining, electricity use yeah. to a cow eating, like drinking warmer water makes him create more milk. And just the fact that this local farmer, if he could produce one ton of milk or 1000 liters, let's say, mm -hmm. of milk per month, he now can probably produce twice as much. Wow. So, I mean, from making $1,000 a month, he now, the same farmer makes $2,000 a month. Mm. Rough calculation, not based on facts right now. Yeah. But they we're not checking. More. Yeah. It's Let, about the point. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a Jeremy here, you know, to go check it out. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy and Asia were Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the fact that they actually can produce a lot more and, and, and not just that, they mix the warm water with like the food that they're, they're eating and it, it just helps them digest faster. It's a lot better for the cow. It's an animal still. It's still a living thing. And so, ah. Uh, getting it all done throughout that it's those little stuff that really affects this like crazy ecosystem and it's now getting figured out because before that they couldn't figure out what this actually could be used for mm -hmm. right but like if it's flare gas right if it's farming um we also went on top of that fact that we're like we do greenhouses so we emerge the machines in the immersion cooling, which means we take the machine instead of having fans to cool it down, we put in a liquid cooling, let the bird circuits heat up the liquid and the liquid goes through a greenhouse to grow lettuce, let's say. So now you take a place like Canada that has a very long winter, very cold season all year long. You cannot physically build such huge greenhouses and spend so much money on heating those places up to even grow your like your 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 food in, in it. And then you bring this mining that literally takes all your electricity cost to zero because you're already making money through just using the machines and like using all the same electricity. But you produce the same heat you would if you would use just the electricity just to warm up the place. Sure. So instead of using the electricity to warm up the place, you use it to warm up the machines, make your money, which obviously there's a return on it because you don't weren't running all this shit for free, but putting it in a closed loop and what, sh shooting all this liquid around the whole greenhouse and warming up the whole like growths. And like you realize now I can run all winter long in a much larger scale yeah. for free. So that means instead of increasing our costs on food, because we need to use so much electricity just to warm up this place. Now we cost no electricity and we can go for any size we want. Mm -hmm. Yet still Hydro-Quebec, you know, doesn't want to give power. And the government is still against it. And 
they don't want us to use flare gas for it because they say we we just produce so much heat yet the heat is clean it just needs to be found a way to like recycle that heat, mm -hmm. right so like there's so much benefits around this whole industry and it gets better and better and better and better. The yeah. innovation is like never stopping. I agree. And like, you know, it, it just all goes in a circle back and forth through all, all that, like, you know, the growth around the trust around the ecosystem that builds around it, who you can trust, who run. We are the backbone for all that because at the end of the day, you know, if there's one missing animal from this whole ecology system for animals a big chain is going to get hurt yeah that's why we need to ensure as well that you know we all fight for the same right correct thing and if it goes from you know it's crazy to think about it but it goes from all the way from um having energy or like renewing uh, and growing something or feeding animals to the money we're paying and like the uh you know currency we're using mm. to how we pay for merchandise how is our money getting controlled i think this is the era and that's where we were you know so trusting and so invested in from the beginning is is the fact that maybe once and forever at some point in this like human existence maybe you know again it's a big maybe because yeah. We're fighting against like something that is unbeatable so far that maybe once and for all we'll actually be able to take back our like freedom of you know economy because we could ask for every kind of freedom but it's all bullshit as long as the money system is set up the way it is it doesn't matter exactly yeah so no matter what we do if money and like which is the biggest power right now is not in our hands and i'm talking like everybody just us like you know like day-to-day -day pedestrians you know we're all pedestrians because that's, yeah that's we're, we're not we're not any near close to this you know like uh powerful entities that mm. you know control most of this if we don't take control of it and it's all within that and that's where you know bitcoin got created through the crash 2008 you know, whoever invented it, whoever put it out, he knew that this system that we are based on will crash again. Yeah. Look at today. All this pushing of like manipulation and workaround, it all drops to that same thing. Yet you have this like amazing invention where, you know, we can grow all corpse, you know, we don't need their money. We can pay this energy companies with like real currency that we all support. Fuck their currency. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, but you know, what are you going to do if your money is not in the bank or where is your cash? And I'm sorry to tell it to a lot of people, but like, you know, like at least 80% of all this human population is on credit cards, which is already a currency that they never get to see oh it's becoming worse and worse yeah but mm. they never come to see it mm. so you tell me like you trust more like a credit card that is like literally just numbers in the computer because mm. that's real numbers in the computers oh they're backed up by gold it's backed up by this but you know we all claim that we have something everybody claims they have you know whatever they have but in reality in fact they never even showed it. 
So like, you know, even if they do, and some of them might do, some of them, most of them probably don't do. And like printing this endless money and cash and whatever it goes out with the economy. It's just at that point, like, you know, it's, it's a failed system. It's like, you know, it was a failed system like Web 1, you know, but Web 2 came a lot stronger and it actually worked. But they, they never tried yet Web 3, which is going to show that Web 1 and Web 2 was a complete. Well, they're already talking about Web 5. I mean, there you go. You need to figure out Web 3 first and Web 2. There you go. So I believe, like, uh, you know, things are moving a lot faster. And just the fact that you're already using credit cards and, and you know, like virtual money, which is like all online banking. I mean, you know what? Just the way they push people off, like the puberty, like people don't understand that even if you have $10 million right on your bank, go cash it out. Go now to the bank and cash it out. Good luck, man. You won't cash it out in the next half a year. Yeah. If you'll be lucky. Oh, you'll be suspicious for wanting Is to cash in. Your own cash. Your bank will say, we won't even give you a penny now. <laughs> your own cash. Yeah. But like, not just that. They just don't have the cash. That too, yeah. So like, you tell me like, you come with Bitcoin. I guarantee you within the first 24 hours, you will use that money wherever you want. Nobody will ask you a question. Anywhere. And yet I go to the bank and I can't do that. Yeah. It's like, where is the failed system here? Why is it that they call my system failed and they claim their system to be better? So like, it's all this chain that I just started from all the way back there to like crypto mining itself that's supporting all this fucking like whole industry, right? And like um, having it like, you know, backbone support that, but it's all like a domino, you know, again, it's just, just like a domino. One thing is missing. The rest is like, you know, pretty useless, but that's where we're moving to proof of stake, which reduces that cutoff line. So it's becoming like more independent. That's why like this, Industries like got so separated in so many different locations where it just makes sure they will guarantee it staying here and not disappear. Yeah. Because the amount of like trust people have really have in it. And I don't think people realize in, in how many blinks they will pass and like everything will be like suddenly changed and everything is going to be like completely different, you know, world. I just, I guess, I think we're just going very soft with people. I think we're just like considerably conservative about their worriness and like the amount of time it takes to people adapt to certain things. And we're just taking things easy. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think that's all what it is. I think just the amount of people not realizing where the potential really is in it. And it's just like, you know, you can build a whole empire in like one day. Then you have no choice, but you have to wait and slowly push things out mm -hmm. like they do, you know? Man, like Mike, Michael, I feel like we're at this point where it's like, you ever have those nights where you just hang out with someone all night and you're just talking and the next thing you know, you hear the birds chirping. <laughs> it's like, I swear we're at that point right now. I mean, I want to keep going and, you know, I'm very, very happy, very mindful of your time, first of all, to have you, you know, be able to, to sit down and, and talk with me today. Like, you're a really busy guy. 
I appreciate and, your invite. Um, and I appreciate you taking the invite, but at the same time, I'm also appreciative that you're just a real person. You and Vlad both were just very real with me from the beginning, very honest, and were like, come hang, let's get to know each other, let's talk. Um, but you guys also are very serious in your demeanor and your business. <laughs> and if one thing can be taken away from the podcast is I want people to know that Michael, you are the guy, ASIC exchange, you guys do great business. You guys are trusted by a lot of people. It comes out in the way you speak passionately about what you do, that you want to make sure people know the same. It's not about this base level of let's do business. It's about what are you offering? How can we go further with this? Um, so I just wanted to be super uh, thankful and happy that we were able to do this. Thank you, man. And I, appreciate I that. really hope it's part of something longer where we can do it again. Of course, anytime. <laughs> and I hope all this goes like very well too. Yeah. You know, and uh, next conference, next time, you know, we catch up a little bit on <laughs> more recent things rather than just going back on history. And uh, I mean, it's been totally fun. I guess you not get always that like opportunity, I guess, to like really talk deep throughout like the whole sure. uh, process. I guess a lot of people lack like of seeing what actually goes in the background of all this. Um, I still till this day, like, you know, getting a lot of questions. What is it about? How is it about? What is exactly you guys do? Where is it like all this? And I don't know. I guess it's just a matter of time to like people will really start catching up. Either they catch up or they just don't care. We just force them to be able yeah. to do what I, what we do. And uh, overall, it was very fun. I always find you a very interesting person. <laughs> and they won. So like, I hope uh, for the good reasons. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Man. We always had fun. We always had good we times. We always do, yeah. And you know, it's like we say good energy attracts good energy. Yeah. And like, you know, this whole industry showed us how important this is being genuine. You know, genuineness is like the most important. And I really hope everybody follows the same thing because we want to build like a really good name around the industry. Yeah. And, you know, if it's one way or the other, it's just really building a really trusted network and uh, having the best, best out of the best we can take out of it. I'm with you. Let's keep building. Let's keep growing. Uh, let's keep forming relationships. Um, and also, you know, as we're here for Empower, let's bring that into Empower and let's be thankful that they're going to be hosting us and uh, yeah. showing us what it is that they know about, you know, and Bitcoin, energy, oil and gas. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here so for. You see, we're coming tomorrow to study. Exactly. So we can keep educating and educating ourselves as well. 100%. To be better and know and be always updated with the with the industry yeah. so we can always supply the best way we could and you know not lack of even for a second while everybody's sleeping we're still working yeah 24 7. see tell that to my girlfriend she thinks i'm just not here having fun so <laughs> show, the, show the podcast exactly so you were working <laughs> amazing man awesome great Thank to have you so on michael i appreciate that yeah